It's the Ambiguously Blind Podcast with your host, a guy that's great up hearing, but terrible at listening, John Grimes. Hey, 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 greetings. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in, subscribing, and supporting our little podcast experience. We've talked about music several times on the podcast, but we're going to take it to the next level with this episode. We're going to hear from a budding Dallas, Texas area musician named Remy Riley, who I recently discovered on my local radio station. And if you want to know more about Remy, there'll be links to her social media and music platforms at the website ambiguouslyblind.com. But for now, we got the real deal. So let's just talk to Remy. Hey, Remy, thanks for joining the Ambiguously Blind podcast. Hey, thank you for having me, John. I got to be honest with you here and tell you that you're the first rock star I've had on the podcast. Are you kidding? Really? Yeah. Like musician wise? <laughs> uh, yeah, you're the first. That is awesome. Well, I'm honored. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I found you. I listened to our local uh, radio station called KXT. For anybody that wants to find a good radio station, they play really tremendous music. And I have on my phone the Shazam app. And I'm constantly shazamming, if that's a if that's a verb, songs um, <laughs> that that KXD plays because I I really dig just about everything they play, and I actually heard a song, I didn't know it was you, I heard it, but I didn't have a chance. Like I was doing something else, and I was like kind of like jamming out to it, and I, before I could get my phone and find out who it was, it it changed and they didn't say it, and so like I don't know, a few weeks later I heard it again. I was prepared and I shazammed it, and I was like, huh. Remy Riley. I don't know who that is. And my little music dork brain starts looking around and poking around. And then I heard um, a couple weeks later, it was International Women's Day. Are you familiar Mm -hmm. with that? I am. Sometime in March. They played your song, another song of yours that I I hadn't heard either. And then like you had a little audio clip that came on and said, hey, this is Remy Riley. And, you know, something like that. And I was like, wait a minute. She is local. She's a Dallas rock star yeah so then i just did some more digging and i was like man we gotta i want to talk to this i want to talk to this girl so here we are that is so cool i have to agree with you i think over 50 percent of my shazams are from kxt yeah i believe it i believe it they just play some different stuff that i probably would have never heard on my own they bring a lot to the table yeah i'm i'm constantly shazamming songs from kxt and, and always learning um new things so a plus for uh, KXT, and they also have a mobile app. So if you're somewhere besides Dallas, you can uh, you can pick them up pretty much anywhere that you can get a data connection. But I love KXT. Yes, I do too. You could also donate to them too. They're yes, amazing. they are a uh, listener supported uh, radio station, so they do need some support. So it's kxt.org, I think. Yes, I think is what it is. Yeah, kxt.org. Okay, so let's talk about music. Uh, Remy, take me back to like your earliest memories of music. Like, was it, were you in a car with your parents or did you you hear it at home or when, when did you become aware of music? Well, I think my earliest memory of music would be at all of the concerts my dad used to take me to. My dad was a record promoter for Hollywood Records, which is Disney's record company. And he always had these artists on his label well not his label but the label he worked for Mm -hmm. um he always had artists that um would have shows around here and he would always take me with him to see the shows so there you go my early 
my yeah. earliest memory is just concerts and my earliest earliest memory though at those concerts is at a jesse mccartney concert and i was snapping my fingers to the beat and my parents were like oh my god why is my baby doing that <laughs> <laughs> and they were like man i wonder if she'll be a musician <laughs> and look at you now and look at me because i didn't even want to do this <laughs> so so how old do you think you were when that happened oh i was a fresh baby like one and a half two okay, yeah well Little. that would explain a lot then yeah it does <laughs> plus what your uh, what your dad did too so do you th- there was lots of concerts you went to then was that like a family deal yeah yeah my dad i mean working for disney he had all these kid-friendly artists like he had yeah. hannah montana and jonas brothers like as a, a little girl it would have been every girl's dream like just to go and do that and but, you went to you went to all those yeah i did i got to meet hannah montana when she was hannah montana okay yeah <laughs> it was really cool oh my gosh so like yeah. when you're meeting uh hannah or any of the jesse or any of the jonas brothers or whatever did you or even when you're watching them you just look at them you're like man that's that's pretty cool i i think i think i'd like to do that you know what's funny is uh i never wanted to be a musician nor did i ever want to be at those shows and it always like was a hassle for me i'm like remy why i never wanted to have anything to do with music and it broke my dad's heart he mm. he was like oh no like my my both of my parents they met in radio my mom was a dj and my dad was a promoter and it was a cute little love story but um yeah, sounds like it okay this is all starting to make a lot more sense now <laughs> yeah. um i yeah i never wanted anything to do with music and then it, it it clicked one day but i do have memories of always watching the drummer which ended up being my first instrument i learned the drummer huh so yeah i when, always was intrigued when did you learn the drums i learned the drums at 11 and is that something you learned at home or something in school or both um i i learned it at home so you have I, a drum set at home i do it's so or, much fun or you did i guess when you were 11 and that was that your well, dad's? i still have it uh no no it, he got it for my 11th birthday oh, okay Oh yeah, this is totally making sense now. I mean, this is music is basically in your blood. It sounds like, even though you maybe didn't want it to be originally, and, and was that maybe because your parents, you know, like you're like against your parents, like I don't want to do what my parents want me to do, or you know, one of those kind of rebel kind of things, or was it just you don't know, you just really weren't into it? Oh, not at all. I was so I thought music or being a pop star star was considered girly as a child <laughs> and it was like no there is no way I was kind of a tomboyish kind of girl growing up like I didn't like girly stuff so I was like uh-uh that is for girls like uh-uh like I don't know why I just was so against it and now I'm like the girliest girl and I love music and it's hilarious how much I've just night and day changed from a little kid to a teenager mm. and I absolutely don't think I have any reasons for not wanting to be a musician. I just didn't like it. And I always found it boring. Like I wanted to be a chef and I can't even cook. That's the ironic thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't cook anything. I don't know what I was thinking as a kid, but no, I, I, I don't have a genuine answer for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the drums, were you, uh, you're, so you started as a drummer. Were you in like choir growing up? Did you sing? Did you, or what other instruments came into the fold after the drums? 
Well, I was in choir and I in middle school I was in choir and in a uh, percussion in the band and I, I quit that because I, I couldn't I wasn't like really into the whole reading music thing but I started on drums when I was 11. Uh, my dad brought home this cajon from an artist that was playing. Her name was uh, Zella Day. And I wanted to do what she was doing because I I was just intrigued by the cajon because I always wanted to play drums. But I was like, wow, this thing is portable and small and looks like a lot of fun. So that led into the drums. Then after that, I started getting more into my music, like more serious with it. So my dad told me, oh, Remy, you need to uh, you need to learn another instrument or else you can't write music. And I was like, oh, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm a drummer, dad. Like, you don't know. But he was right. Like, I wasn't really going to write much on drums. So I learned piano and quickly fell in love with it. And then for my 14th birthday, I got a guitar and started learning that. And it's just been like history ever since that's I just love playing the three instruments all the time and perform mainly with the piano and guitar but yeah Uh, that's interesting okay so were either of your parents musicians I mean they worked obviously in music and and radio and and music promotion whatever but did they play instruments themselves um no they do not my dad plays a little bit of guitar my mom doesn't play anything at all and in fact we have no trace of like trace of any musicians in the family until like like way way back in our ancestry it's kind of mind-blowing like there's nobody so maybe it skips a couple dozen generations or something then maybe (laughs) maybe so it's what i'm thinking okay and as far as like your early musical influences i think you've kind of named a few already i don't know if you consider them influences but what was the stuff that you were into at a younger age anyway um, at a younger age. Well, like I you was, mentioned, Jesse McCartney like, and the Jonas Brothers and that kind of stuff. You went to those shows uh, reluctantly, I think. But like, was there stuff that you were definitely into? Oh, yeah. I, I was definitely into Jesse's music and Hannah Montana and all them. I loved all of that stuff. But when I was little, funny enough, my mom is a huge rap fan and my dad's a huge metal fan. Interesting like combination. Di- yeah. I Right. Right. It, they are so funny. But I loved rap growing up. Like, that's all my mom would play with me growing up. Like, Run DMC and, like, all of, like, the old school raps. Mm-hmm. That's all she'd play with me. And that's what I grew up on. So that's what I was into as a kid. And then my dad raised me on um, a bunch of metal stuff and, like, hard rock, classic rock. And I ended up loving indie music. So I guess I got this weird mix of both. <laughs> I love jazz. I'm like the only one in my family that likes jazz and it's really funny to me. What kind of jazz do you like? Do you like like loungy jazz or like smooth jazz or like, cause there's, there's um, even lots of variations or like old school, like, like fifties, sixties jazz. Like there to, is, I think I love all jazz. Like I just like, like Miles Davis, so that kind of stuff. Uh, I like a guy named Joe Pass. I don't know if you know him. He's like a older one, but uh, no, I don't know Joe, but yeah, he's, I love his stuff. Um, I, I think my love for jazz grew because my piano teacher was a jazz pianist. Mm-hmm. So I think I really was inspired by her. And uh, her name is uh, Julie Bonk, amazing piano player. And how, she, how long was she your instructor for? Um, about uh, two, three years. 
and uh, yeah, I learned this from the best in my eyes. <laughs> so then your influences have kind of changed. You probably don't. Do you still listen to a lot of Hannah Montana? Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah. My influences did change. Um, Right now, I'm currently into Foster the People and The Cure and the band called James Supercave. Um, I'm into Anderson Pock and, uh, you know, all stuff like that. Very indie, very into the R&B, like soul. All of that inspires me right now. Okay. If you, if you had to pick like a decade of music uh, from the past, like... 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, teens. Which one do you think is the best for the kind of music you like? Um, 90s or 60s. Okay, good. We're 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 like-minded on that. Then that's that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I like I like the 90s and the 60s. I'm going through a huge 60s phase right now. I don't know what it is. I like it's even the clothes. Like I've been dressing like a little sixties lately yeah. and I've been really into like the whole flower patterns and everything yeah. and the music. It's just like, Oh my gosh, I wish I got to live through the nineties. I really love the clothes and music and everything. It sounded like it was a good time. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. I mean, let me, uh, do you own a pair of bell bottoms? I do. Okay. More than um, one. I believe so. Yeah. I, I mean, have these. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't, I, I don't know if you can, I guess you can find them. Do you have to go to like thrift stores to find them or is that, is that popular again? Um, you can go, oh, I thrift all the time, but you can go to thrift stores and I mean, they're kind of in right now and on some places, like there's a lot of hippie stores. So, mm-hmm. sell them. Okay. but yeah, I have these vintage ones from the seventies that have these flowers embroidered like all the way down and yeah. it has the word love on it. Nice. It's so cool. It's my grandma's there. She told me they're from the seventies. So yeah. nice. they're pretty cool. So from the nineties, other than I guess was, I don't know if Hannah Montana was nineties. Nah, she was like early two thousand. Yeah. So who like from the rock and roll world, who would, who would you like from the nineties? Oh my gosh. Oh, mm. It wouldn't be basic to say Nirvana. <laughs> no, I was I was kind of thinking that you might say that. Uh, that's... Either Nirvana or I don't know. I have a lot of like I can't even think off the top of my head. But yeah, I I'm, I like them a lot. I'm like more grunge rock kind of thing. Yeah, I love grunge and like the new wave stuff, like The Cure and The Smiths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Absolutely, top, one of my favorite things. Do you know another, there, there's several bands in Dallas. I wanted to kind of talk to you about the Dallas music scene too. Yeah. Are you familiar with the old 97s? Oh my gosh. Yes. I used to play um, with the drummer, Philip. Okay. Yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. Love them. Um, so I presume you, you consume music uh, digitally probably now. You have a, an iPhone or an iPod or something like that, MP3 player. Who is like in your your heavy rotation right now or on Spotify or whatever? What do you... What are you listening to now? Mm, I think my heavy rotation right now would be definitely Foster the People and James Super Cave and The Cure. I really enjoy um, ZZ Ward. And then I know, let's see, Anderson Pock again. (laughs) Definitely. Um, this guy named Scott James, he's really cool. 
like a slower kind of bad sons. They're definitely in my probably going to be in my Spotify rap this year. They're like a, I would say they're indie group, but I, anything indie really, I'm just totally into. Yeah, okay. So where do you go to find, I think we've already said the kicks. He's a great source for that type of stuff, but where else do you go to find new, new music? Um, finding new music, uh, just on Spotify, you can really go down the rabbit hole of just like going to an artist that you really like. And then if they're in this suggested, you know how it goes, like people you might like, Mm -hmm. you could click on those and you can just go down this rabbit hole of like, just finding new music that you love, or you can look up playlists on Spotify and it'll give you all this suggested music. And that's how I find all of mine. Was it hard for you to get on those platforms? Um, I don't think it was terribly hard. Um, I believe SoundCloud is really easy to get onto. Um, Spotify and Apple Music, I believe there's a little fee. And then you just have to like fill out some forms and stuff. And then it's done. Yeah, just kind of sign your life away, basically. Basically. It's no big deal. <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, let's talk about your music and your, uh, like your writing style or what, what, what is the first song you wrote? You remember? Um, I do. I was five years old and I wrote it with my mom and it was called what's wrong with me. And it was very strange for a five-year-old girl to write this because it was about a guy who was asking himself, what's wrong with me? Why can't I have a nice girl? <laughs> pretty advanced for five-year-old yeah i i my mother and dad they all thought it was so funny but i was this girl little girl writing from a guy's perspective like what's wrong with me like why can't i have like a girl like that and that was my first song and we're thinking about like rewriting and bringing it back just to say like hey i wrote this at five yeah (laughs) it'd be funny yeah but yeah, I, I do remember it was, that was my first song and I was inspired to write it from Jesse McCartney because he had a song kind of based around that same idea and I took it and like ran with it. All right, let's fast forward to more like today. Do you have a certain writing process or, or do, do things just come to you or do you sit down or have a method for how you come up with things? Um, I don't really have a writing process. I know a lot of artists do like things that like help them write, but like I don't really get a choice of whenever it's going to happen or not, which is horrible because when I have co-writes, I usually end up not writing anything because when I force myself or have an intention to do it, it never happens. I have to be like doing something and it just randomly sparks inspiration and I go and write. And usually, the times where that happens the most is at live shows. Um, Whenever I'm at a live show watching somebody like, you know, sing or play, it usually sparks the inspiration for me and I go home and write immediately after. So do you carry like a pad and a pen with you or do you do like a voice memo or do you type it on your pad on your, your notepad on your phone or something, or you just, you just go home and it's, it's on your mind for that long. Oh, I would not be able to remember that kind of stuff. I definitely do sometimes. If I remember, I bring a notepad to shows because that's how I've written one of my songs, Just Stop. I was watching a 
uh, Joshua Ballas at this. He's a local artist. He's amazing at um, Deep Elm Art Company. And he inspired me so much that I sat there and wrote a whole song without anything, like not even knowing what it would sound like. It was just words. And I came home and made up the melody and chords after, which was not usual for me. And I usually have that. And if I don't have anything to write on, I'll use random things around me like uh, paper straw wrappers or napkins or something from the bar or my notes app and definitely voice memos. Voice memos is a songwriter's best friend. Yeah, I've heard that before too, yeah. As I mentioned earlier, I heard you on the, uh, the the local radio station and they played this little clip about you telling the first time you heard your song played on, on the radio. And it was like a five second sound bite of what it was like. And I just wondered if you could expand on that a little bit. Do you remember the first time you, or can you recall the, the first time you heard a song play, your song played on the radio? Oh my gosh, yes. I'll never forget that feeling. Did you know it was I... happening? Oh yeah. they. Um, was it on the local they show? Announced- uh, yes, yes, okay, it yeah. was. They they had the announcement before, and they told me Amy Miller. I absolutely adore her. Yeah, um, she so supportive and sweet, and done so much for me in my music career. She had announced on there that she was going to be playing my song Twenty Six on the local show, which was my first single. And I remember sitting at my kitchen table with my mom and my dad. Oh no, it was, it was my mom. And I was sitting there waiting and I was like, just, just sitting there and waiting. And then I heard my song, like the first note of my song and my eyes just like opened so wide. And I was like, no way. And then halfway through the song, I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't hold it. And I was so happy yeah. and I felt so accomplished and just like, wow, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's me. And then immediately after Charlie Crockett played and I was like, oh, I was right after, I was right before Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> so were you getting, did, did were your friends uh, clued in on this too? Did you get some, some immediate text messages and phone calls or stuff? I did. They were like, oh my gosh, let me congrats. I, I saw you. I, I heard you. And I was so so happy it felt like a dream honestly just hearing myself on a radio for the first time and every time that they play me and somebody sends me a screenshot of it on the radio or a video or something mm-hmm. it it just makes my day completely or if I'm sitting in the car like I remember one time my dad and I were coming back from band practice and burn my song burn played on the radio and I was like, why are you playing my song? And he was like, I'm not playing it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's the song that I, I heard and, and didn't get to Shazam in time and then went back and Shazammed it later. That, that's, uh, that's a very cool song. Oh, th- thank you so much. That's a very cool song. What is the coolest thing about playing? You, you like playing in front of live crowds, I presume? I really do. Well, the last year or so has been kind of a downer for that. So how did you fight mm-hmm. through that? Um, I honestly, I did some live streams. Um, I did a lot of, I did collabs like through, um, like, what is it called? Virtually. I can't believe I didn't think of the word virtually. I did a lot of virtual, Mm -hmm. um, 
collaborations like with artists like Ryan Berg we did a cover of Daniel Caesar and um, I did some open mics that were virtual a lot of that Um, just a ton of virtual stuff and I really I tried to write as much as I could but I started writing right now like right now for some reason has been a good time for writing but like this like COVID I didn't write much which really makes me sad because I had all that time but it's okay well, um, it, it comes when it when it comes, I guess, right? So it really, really does. Like I do not get a choice. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how I dealt with it. It wasn't too horrible. Um, but yeah. Have there been any times where you're playing somewhere and you're like, "Man, this is pretty cool. I can't believe I'm I'm playing here." Oh yeah, um, I had a couple of those moments. Like anywhere, anytime I play in Deep Ellum, that's I get that feeling. Where's your favorite place to play down there? Oh my gosh, uh, Deep Home Art Company. I love playing Club Dada. And when I played Trees, it was one of the most magical nights ever. Yeah, that's a legendary place. I think uh, Dada is as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, you mentioned Nirvana earlier. And there's <laughs> there was an incident with, with Kurt at Trees back in the day. My dad was at that show. He was. That he is, was. Okay, I've only seen the video. That So he was there. Dada. Wow. Yeah, my dad, so there's, it's so funny, my dad's at the Nirvana show, and there's this picture, and right in the back, you can see this dude, this bald dude, that's my dad, <laughs> I was like, that's him, Amazing. Oh, it was amazing, and he's just smiling in the picture, and it's great, he's just like enjoying the show, and I'm like, oh my god. Now, was he there he's on like, a professional basis, or was he just there because he liked Nirvana, or both? Oh, I think. Uh, probably both. I don't really remember the story correct yeah. if I can remember, but um, I believe both. Maybe him and a music friend were going. Usually, that's how it works with my dad. He usually is going because it's his artist or um, somebody his a friend's artist. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. that that was uh, kind of a legendary show, and that was probably I don't know thirty years ago. I, I would guess. Yeah, they that was a crazy one. They say that at that show, he was in a closet and refused to come out to play that show. And, uh, yeah, that's what my dad told me. <laughs> yeah. Well, he ended up pretty bloody at the end of that thing. Oh, he did. And apparently the soundboard was like destroyed, destroyed. or something. Yeah. I think yeah. A lot of, for sure. He, the, the guitars were destroyed by the end of yeah, all of some... his shows, but that yeah. was a particularly violent ending for, for Kurt. that, yeah, he, he was, Man, I I don't know how to describe Kurt Cobain. I don't know him well enough to describe him really anyway, but um yeah, he's different. I uh I love the dude, but um this the sound guy at Trees was telling me the story cuz I had to ask while I was waiting for the show to begin, for yeah, my show to begin. Sure. I was like I I just had to ask like whenever they started talking about it. And So what he did was, he tell you? Well, he told me that after he got in a fight with like one of the bodyguards or something like that. Yeah. And uh, like as they were leaving, he like tried to not the, the bodyguard, like literally tried to like punch his car, like through the window or something. And I was like, no way. Like the fight, like just couldn't, the violence continued afterwards. Like it was still going on. Like it was a crazy night. Like I just wonder what was going through his head that night or, what what might have caused all of that? Yeah. I don't really remember. Uh, I don't remember the full story of how that happened, but that's what he told me. 
Yeah. Well, he had some he had some issues as as we all have issues, but I think there was probably oh, yeah. some uh, influence of some external things there like some drugs and things that probably uh got that oh, yeah. escalated a little beyond where it needed <laughs> to be, but but the music I presume was pretty good that night unless he was just not in his, you know, place that he his happy place to play or whatever, but that, Maybe that's a question I should ask my dad if it was good. <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, if he was in the closet, not I didn't know he didn't was you know pouting or whatever beforehand or didn't want to play. But hopefully he can you know put his game face on when he gets out there. But yeah, that was a that was a weird ending. Yeah. Okay, Remy. So tell me what you're working on now. Um, right now I'm currently working on a my second EP and some collaborations with some local Dallas artists and some other producers. So. I have a few singles coming out and an EP, which all of them are not, do not have a release date yet, nor do they have names. So I will be very excited to announce that when they do. Okay, cool. And where's the best place for people to find your music? Um, the best place for people to find my music is anywhere on a music platform or on YouTube at Remy Riley. That's R-E-M-Y-R-E-I-L-L-Y. Okay, Remy. Well, thanks a bunch for joining. Well, thank you so much for having me. Hey, let's play one of your tunes. Yeah.
the truth burns Thanks for spending time with the Ambiguously Blind Podcast. Please rate and write a review wherever you subscribe. And, for a complete transcript of this episode, connect and share with us at ambiguouslyblind.com.